Hey there, and welcome to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast, serving up stories and knowledge on Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. This is what's hot in Dynamics. You're now joining Merlin Schweiger, Liz McGlennon, and Ashley Steiner. So I have to show you guys my new post-it notes. I know we talked about post-it notes like on one of our uh, last podcasts about like productivity and stuff. And you guys were making fun of me because mm-hmm. I, I use post-its, but these new post-it notes, they like are sticky on the entire back. So like you can't like take it off. So like it's actually sticky. Cause like the one thing I always complain about post-it notes is that like the little strip at the top, like loses its uh, adhesiveness. But like this one, it's like sticky all the way down. And so like, there's more adhesiveness. And if you're like just listening to this and not watching, like when I, you can't take, like, you can't like flip it. Like you can like other posts, it's like a deck of cards. Like it's just sticky the whole way down. So So if you stick them together, is it hard to unstick them? I've never tried to waste post-it notes by sticking them together and then unfolding them. My post-it notes are very special to me. But like, I mean, but what's awesome is that like I have them on my laptop and they fit just like right underneath the keyboard now because like, and they don't like hang up because that was always my, I hated it because when I'd go to type, like it would um, flip up and get in the way, but now it just stays flat. So have you given up on using OneNote then since you're still using Post-its? <laughs> no, I use a combination of Post-it notes, planner, and OneNote. And it is a very works for me combination at the moment sure sure i mean this sounds like like best practices she uses one note for notes she uses planner for to do's and she uses the stickies for all of her passwords because that's the best place to keep passwords <laughs> um i used to keep my passwords in a notebook super secure <laughs> and then now that i have like admin access to stuff i actually use like a password vault thing but but no, like the, I would say like the post-its are for like, I need to do this like immediately. Like I'm on a call, jot it down, and then I can like throw it away when it's done. So short-term to-dos. Yeah, short-term Versus to-dos. long-term to-dos. Right. Okay. But look at all the fun colors. Like if you guys can't see on when you're just listening, but you got like orange mm-hmm. and bright pink and blue and green. See, yellow. I feel like I would oh, just, orange. <laughs> I would just like make a mosaic on my yellow. wall. I would write nothing on them. I would just stick them to the wall to make like colorful art. Have you seen people do Post-it that? Post-it art? <laughs> yeah. Well, they like prank people. They put it on their cars. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen people that like do stuff over their windows with like different post-it designs. I don't know. I mean, I, like I wouldn't talk- actually write anything. Like they talk to each other. They put like hi in post-it notes like during lockdown. I could see that because you couldn't go outside. Exactly. I pranked someone's car once, covered it with post-it notes, with messages. On all of them? All the post-it notes had messages? Yeah. Yeah, we wrote little notes and stuck them all over someone's car one time. That's that's way more work than I would put into a prank. That's intense. Well, I mean, the whole car wasn't covered top to bottom, but there was, I mean, we used up multiple stacks of post-it notes. People were helping me. (laughs) Yeah, no, That's that's... That's too much dedication to a prank. Did you guys know the post-it note was invented accidentally? You mean it wasn't invented by uh, Romy and Michelle from Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion? Sorry, so such a throwback (laughs) reference there, but 
I have not I seen like that, it. so. I like it. Virtual high Oh, five. yeah. You have to watch it, Liz. Oh, it's a classic. Not, I would never say it's a good movie, but it's a classic. Like, everyone should see it at least once. I would agree. I would agree. So it was an accident. It wasn't, uh, was it Robbie and Michelle? Yeah, I don't remember what they were trying to invent, invent, but it was not that. And it just like ended up working out. Like it was a total failure of what they were actually trying to do. Kind of like the potato chip. Was that an accident too? Yeah, it was. So he was trying to make fries and he sliced it too thin. And so it became like thin and crunchy. That's how they invented the, that's how they, you know, somebody invented the potato chip. Also, I I think I learned that on a Disney Channel movie. So who knows if that one's real? Like don't (laughs) quote me on that one. Uh, we'll put in the show notes if these things are real (laughs) (laughs) like come to us for dynamic stuff but other random like facts we might not be the people to come to on that maybe not (laughs) okay should we get into our topic for today i reckon yeah so we're gonna talk about emails and why we don't like emails Um, so I think we're all kind of passionate on this topic and it ties in well with our previous productivity episodes. Um, so what are your initial thoughts? Like why, like, what do you think the biggest issue is with email as a form of communication? (laughs) My biggest issue is they never end. There's never an end to emails. And I feel like that makes it really difficult to deal with. It's like this constant stream of communication and you can either try to keep up with it and never get anything else done, or you can give up on it for a while, get other stuff done, and then you come back to thousands of emails. Like how many of us have gone on vacation and then come back a week later and been like, well, I have 350 unread items in my inbox, and now it's going to take me three full days to like churn through that. You think vacation's bad? I talked to friends that have come back from maternity leave. Ooh. And they were like, I can't, they were like, I don't know what to do. And we're like, delete them all. Like delete all of them. Your out of office was on. If it's important, they'll re-email you. Like you cannot read 10,000 emails or whatever. Like it's just impossible. <laughs> well, and I think that right. the stress comes in that Marlon, like you said, like you take a week off for vacation and you know, you're going to come back to all those emails. Like I get into a bad habit of like checking them at night while I'm on vacation. So like I can keep my inbox down, which is also like the the bad part of email because then you feel compelled to like, I don't want to spend three days, you know, catching up when I get back. So I'm going to just empty them and only keep the important ones, you know, every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So why do you feel like we get so many emails? Like, why is that to go to? Like, are they, they're not, not all necessary. No, they're not. I I read, uh, I actually read an article about this. Um, not that long ago. I think so Merlin actually kind of prepared for this topic. I kind of did. <laughs> Thank I'm you, impressed. Ashley. Wow. Um, so it's not like I actively prepared for this. It was more like I read the article and then I saw this as a topic and I was like, yeah, no, we need to talk about this. So the article that I read uh, was talking about how email has become sort of the, the de facto form of communication because it's easy and it doesn't cost you anything to send it. And so you can just blast it out to anybody that you want. Like, oh, here, I have this question or I want to tell you this thing or I want to try to sell you this thing and I can send it to one person. I can send it to a thousand people. And it's like functionally no different for me to just like spew stuff out into the ether. 
It doesn't cost and, the sender anything, but it costs the recipient time and energy. Right. Yeah. Right. So you're kind of like moving it from like, hey, I need something or want something and it's my problem to like putting that effort on the recipient. Mm -hmm. And then I feel I like it's that one of the other. Go ahead, Marilyn. Sorry, you weren't done. It's, I wasn't done. It's fine. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it also like it benefits from that sort of psychological carry forward of getting actual mail. We're like, if you get actual mail, like that comes from the mailman, you're like, ah, I have an actual letter. You're going to open it. Like everything that I get in my mail, I'm like, oh, I'll at least see what's inside. Oh, it's another credit card solicitation. Fine. I'll throw this away. You open your junk mail? Like your physical mostly, sale mail? Mostly so that I can find the things that I need to shred as opposed to just throwing in the recycling. But, yeah. I'm like, I hate snail mail too, because 99% <laughs> of it is just crap. But I feel like it's, you get this psychological, like, oh, I got something from someone I should look at it and I feel like email sort of tends to give you that same psychological like carry forward of like I got a thing I should look at the thing and then it's like so much work if you are like subscribed to a mailing list to unsubscribe from the mailing list and then sometimes you unsubscribe and it like doesn't work or doesn't take effect for six weeks like I tried to unsubscribe to the Wayfair emails and I swear to god two months later I was still getting their emails I unsubscribed three times finally they stopped. But it's like, it's so much work to try to get rid of the email that then you end up in this like, well, I'll just, it's fine. I'll just delete it or I'll set up a rule or whatever to try to manage it. But I, it's just like a flood. I don't know. It's terrible. The other part of why I think it's popular is because everyone knows how to email. Like that is a cross-generational thing. Like my grandparents would email before, you know, they passed. So it's like, these days, I could yeah. never, yeah, but I could never imagine trying to teach them how to like send an IM or a text message. You know what I mean? So even though that there are other options for communication, they could send, they would send emails um, and quite often. So I think that it's one of those things where it's been around for such a long time that um, I would say cross generally, generationally, people know how to do it. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, that's valid. Um, how do you guys fill about emails with a bunch of people on them, like in the workplace, like where people CC, you know, 10, 15, 20 different people. And it's supposed to be like a group email conversation. Reply all. <laughs> everybody, everybody loves a good reply all storm. Oh, the worst <laughs> is when they accidentally include the wrong distribution list and it goes to like everybody in the company. Cause that's happened. That actually happened quite recently um, where we had somebody accidentally add like a distribution list of all of our Dynamics users when it really just needed to go to two people. Oh. And uh, and everyone kept responding like, I don't need to be on this. I don't need, like, how do I unsubscribe? How do I, and I'm like, oh my God, stop responding. That's how, like, if you don't respond, nobody else will respond. I've heard yeah. of offices, you know, there's like a swear jar, like a reply all jar, where if anyone replies all, you have to put a dollar in or whatever. I love that <laughs> idea. Yeah, reply alls are annoying. Uh, I like that idea too. <laughs> I excellent. try to encourage people that if there's like multiple people on the email, let's just move it into a team. Yes. Yes. You know, that's yeah. That's one of the things that I encourage is at least now if you do have teams or whatever kind of IM feature that you have, like in your company, I know other people use like Slack or Google Chats, things like that. But um, but yeah, like if you're gonna do a email with like 15 people on it. 
uh, a message yeah. board, I think is a much easier way. And the best thing about message boards is that you can end a conversation just by liking their comment. <laughs> so <laughs> that they true. know you've read it, it's been received, but you don't have to like reply and say, yeah, like I got it. You know what I mean? That, that officially just ends the conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How many of your emails do you feel like could actually just be in a forum, like in Teams and Slack? Like what percentage could actually shift over? Like, because I've already switched a lot of them over. Okay. So yeah, so I've... I've so you're been, kind of ahead of the curve and you're already making <laughs> the shift well, away from I email. Hate, well, or I use like a queue, right? Because I do support and stuff. And so people would just send me random emails asking for dynamics help. So I've moved that into like a separate queue. So that doesn't even come to my email either. So I've, I've tried yeah. very hard to limit what comes to my email. Um, so yeah, I would say probably over 50% of the emails that I used to get are now Teams chats or Teams groups, things like that. Nice. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm not getting a huge percentage of emails now that could be chats because we're using teams more actively and yeah, I would agree. I think most of those things have kind of moved. Obviously there's external conversations like with customers prospects for the most part, that's yeah. still email. Um, kind of has to be. It does probably have to be. Yes. Yeah. But I think that removing that noise allows you to be like, Oh, I got an email. This is actually worth me receiving. Right. Um, I would say my hardest part of email is that I let it distract me. So like those, those are the things that are still in my inbox. I'm like, oh, they definitely need attention because otherwise I would have moved it to Teams or the queue or whatever. And so it's like, oh, somebody emailed me. I need to look at it right away instead of just being like, and I know we talked about this before, like checking your email once an hour or twice a day, like depending on, you know, what your capacity is or like what kind of role you have. But yeah, it super distracts me. I used to get really stressed out like if I had so like an excessive amount in my inbox because I always felt like I'd be missing something like I didn't read something that was important or whatever and then like I'd always spend all this time cleaning them up um and then you get down to like where there's no scroll bar and it feels great and that lasts like 30 seconds <laughs> total waste of time if I get that's my hilarious. inbox down to under 50 I'm like rejoicing yeah that's a yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't do the that last, anymore. I don't care. <laughs> the last time that my inbox was that small was when I got a new inbox at a new job. Like that's basically <laughs> how the long only did that last for? <laughs> Probably a week and a half. I think I managed to maintain it for about that long. And then it just slowly starts to pile up. So I like to clear it out. So it's like a done thing. Like if it's, if I have an action, I'd like to put it in planner or one of my really lovely post-it notes. So that way I can at least like, I delete emails. Like I don't even like file or store them. I do some, but I'll just be like, oh, I have it to do on this. And then I just delete the email. It's a good policy. I've actually started deleting over the last handful of years. I've gotten more into the habit of being like, Am I going to need this? No, I don't need this. Delete it. Like, I don't need to file it into a folder. Like, it's not actually that relevant unless it's got like valuable attachments. Like a customer has sent an example of a report that they need. That one I'll keep. But you could also for the save most part, that in a folder that's about that client or that project. Like, I don't think yeah. email should be a repository for information. Like, if it's important information, it should be accessible somewhere else. True. I keep it in my email if it's a, I don't know if this is important. 
Sure. Right. So like they sent me this example. I don't actually know if I'm going to need it beyond what I've already used it for. But if somebody asked me for it in three weeks, I'll have it over here. But for the most part, like, okay, this is just like conversations going back and forth. Delete, 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 delete. There's nothing for me to do here. There's no response required. Just delete them. Then that should be in Teams. Or is it with an external person? This is like with external. Okay. Generally. Or other people who don't like to use Teams. How why about? People, why do people <laughs> like email better than Teams? Do you think it's just like a habit, like what they're comfortable with? I do I think, so. think it's a comfort level for sure. Yeah, I think so. Well, think about, again, think about how many like dynamics implementations where a group of people, salespeople, support people, whatever, are like, well, when this happens, I want to get an email that tells me that like when I get a lead assigned to me, I want an email telling me I got a lead assigned to me. And you're like, I just say no. You don't. Oh, okay. You don't. We are currently building an email notification for the project I'm on. And so there's a due date on a business process flow stage. And they manually set the due date. And when that due date has passed, the system's going to send them an email to remind them three days after. And that'll work for about a week and a half until everybody getting those emails sets up a rule that sends them straight to the trash. Yep. Yeah, I'm not yeah, a fan of email notifications for things. <laughs> whenever people ask for email notifications, I'm like, you don't want them. Trust. Like, I'm not even gonna like entertain you. Like, my answer is no. Which is why I'm excited. Dynamics is coming out with that notification feature. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that'll be. You know, it's kind of like what they've always wanted in an email, but this will actually be helpful, I think, because it pops up right in Dynamics. But yeah, the email. Yeah, because everyone has email fatigue. So like, why would you give them another email? Well, because as we pointed out in our productivity podcast, the first thing that you do in the day is you open up your email, right? So if I tell you, I'm not going to send you any emails, instead, I'm going to give you a dashboard that shows you all the stuff that's overdue that you need to do and be like, well, now I have to open two things in the morning and I just want to open Outlook. And then if there's something important, then I'll go open CRM. Like, but now you're just, you're just filling up that inbox with junk. Recipe like, for that? poor user adoption. <laughs> mm -hmm. If it's that much of a pain to open CRM, then nobody's going to yeah. do it. Unless like, I don't want to go in there every day. <laughs> right. That's your first problem. Well, I think that that speaks to your point, Merlin, when you said like using dynamics right in teams, because I open up teams first you know, out, well, Outlook and Teams, and I just check any like missed messages and things like that. So I could see that that would be a good way to overcome that. Like, oh gosh, I don't want to pull up a browser, log in. Oh, I can just click on my tab and, and Teams. Yeah, I could yeah. see the benefit mm -hmm. to that. Yep, Teams. Teams is the answer. Sometimes. Maybe Teams, teams can save is us not email. perfect. Well, I, I just wonder if like we're going to come to a place in the world where like email is not used anymore oh like, please like my, <laughs> that would be a like, miracle it would but like I even think about like my personal email like I probably check it once every two weeks and I have you know thousands of messages in there that I just like bulk delete like it's all like phone calls it's like when it gets so full of garbage like telemarketers like you just stop using it because there's hardly any important communication in there and then you miss the actual important communication yeah. the like one percent of it Right. Yeah. Less right. than 1%. Yeah. Right. No, it's true. It's like, uh, I recently had to like, I got some referrals for some like medical specialties and I was like, okay, they're going to call me, 
this is kind of terrible because now I have to answer phone calls from numbers that I don't know what they are. And of course, at least 50 to 80% of them are like, we are giving you a final notification that your car's warranty may be about to expire. Like I really, love the warranty calls. Those are amazing. Total no. sarcasm. Um, <laughs> that's why. So a lot of uh, per, like cell phone providers now like tell you when it's a tar- telemarketer because I have AT and T mm-hmm. and like it just says telemarketer. So yeah, it's not perfect though. It's not, but I mean, it's, it's like any technology, right? It's not. It's an It's better. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. in like a lot of email providers, folks like sort out the junk too or the spam now and again, it's not perfect, but it helps. I was going to say, I still get plenty of spam through the spam filter. And then the spam filter also does a great job of catching stuff that I actually need from like so it's people like the I have actively emailed. <laughs> then just go to your spam for like the things that you do need to <laughs> respond to. But it still catches some of the bad stuff. Not very much. Nothing's perfect. Yeah, nothing's perfect. Okay. So um, how about like tone and style of communication in email? Like, I feel like we all have to have stories of where like something's just completely misinterpreted because it's an email and not a conversation. Yeah. So I want to jump in on this one first before you Merlin, because I have two different, I, I would say, I don't want to call them issues, but two different like perspectives on this one as a woman, I put just in all my emails because I don't want to bother people. And I never noticed it. I finally had a boss come to me and say, hey, you're putting just in all your emails. You like, why are you doing that? And so we worked through the education of like, women tend to put just in their emails. Like, hey, I was just checking in or just wanted to follow up because we don't want to be like, we we don't want to interrupt people and we're like trying to be polite and stuff. So, so that is the one I, um, I now have six employees and they are all women. And that is something that I am all working with them on. Cause I, I'm like, don't use like interrupt yeah. people. If you need something, go get it. Um, I do that by default too. And I like, I always reread something before I, I send it and I have to like delete them out still. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like they're then, in there with my first pass through. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. I reread every email, uh, just to make sure I didn't just to make, yeah. Anyways. So <laughs> then, um, my second one is that I have a very direct tone. Like you guys are my friends. I've known you for years. I'm just very blunt, honest. I lay things out there. I don't kind of sugarcoat things. I don't it's like true. talk around it. Um, and so that comes off horrible in email because in an email, I'll just be like, Oh, well you did this. And that's what the problem is. Or like, you need to do this, but I don't like make it sound not forceful. Um, and so I know like I've gotten into like, like I've upset coworkers I know in the past because like, I, I just type it like how I talk, but, and I don't mean it like that, but that's just like, but they're reading it and they're like, oh my gosh, this, this woman is, is really mean. Do you feel like the direct tone would be less offensive if it was coming from a male? I don't, I don't know. See, that's, that's probably a good, there's probably a good study. Like if they saw a man's name at the bottom of the email, would they right. still read it that way? Who knows? I, I, I don't, I don't have any like data to back that up. Um, but yeah, so I, I've definitely gotten into, I've made some coworkers cry because they thought I was being mean to them. And I felt, and I felt bad because I was like, just get to know me. You know, I'm just, I'm just direct all the time. Like, that's just how I talk. <laughs> so I've had to like work on my style of communication to make it like, Gotta throw in more please and thank yous and smiley faces and mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I use lots of smiley faces now just to be like, I'm not saying this to be mean. Look, I'm smiling. 
Yeah. Do you guys remember the day when like emojis were unprofessional in the workplace? Like I remember that and it's just like, no, you need them. <laughs> I think Skype changed all that with like the yeah. dancing man who like does the moonwalk. It's probably true. Uh, I've run into similar problems. I know this is not uh, uh, statistically relevant sample size, but um, I've run into similar tone problems where I have had to make a concerted effort over time to soften the tone in my emails sometimes because I can also be direct. Uh, I also use lots of sarcasm and sarcasm really does not translate well in email at all. Um, so I have, I have been talked to about some of my email tones in the past making people think that I was a real a-hole, which uh, maybe in fairness I was, but. Um, <laughs> well, apparently was... we all are here because I've had the <laughs> same feedback that my emails are too direct. <laughs> but I think that it's a, it's a personality thing. So first of all, I think that we're all similar because we're friends, right? Like I think that you, you, you are the people you surround yourself with. So I think that that like speaks to itself, right? And so, but I also think that like I, don't like to beat around the bush. I don't like, like my time is valuable. And if I have to like spend seven more minutes trying to make this sound nice to somebody as they're reading it, like that's a waste of my time. I would rather just get in there. It's like, it's like when you join a meeting and you have chit chat, I don't care. Like, let's just get to the like point of this meeting so we can all get out of here early and go back to work. Like I'm not about See, I chit like chit chat, but I don't want to spend extra time fluffing up an email. Cause like what value, like what value is there in that chit chat you you're like getting to cry. know someone well <laughs> so yes yeah, so I think it's yeah no I agree with you guys we've all yeah tone is important uh I was also the... okay oh no no, go ahead, no no you you wasn't see the biggest I will say the biggest detriment of like our current society like the thing that we have not come up with is a font for sarcasm like we've got bold, we've got italics, we've got underlined, but like, why have we not come up with like a font style that you can type something in so people know you're being sarcastic when you say it? There's like, uh, there was a push for a while to create a sark mark. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like every so often the internet tries to be like, no, no, we're gonna make this mean sarcasm, but it never like really catches on broadly. So yeah, I don't, Interesting. I don't know. But Just I will say like that's, email. well, in text message too, it happens. Right. And so it's like this, I'm going to put in parentheses because it's sarcasm. Right. Use the, uh, use the carrot. I think use the carrot mm. to indicate sarcasm. Cause that it's going to go over their head. I don't know. That was a thing for a while. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is I was going to relate a uh, story from my own past where I got into trouble with email. And this, I think is a, is a great situation where had I been interacting with that person face to face in a conversation, I don't think I would have made this mistake. Uh, but because it was by email, this was when I was a young green consultant. And I sent an email to a customer uh, where I had like found some problem in a, in a SQL statement. And I was like, oh, well, whoever wrote this SQL statement uh, apparently didn't know what they were doing because they did this. And so I fixed it to do that. I write this email, of course, to the customer who wrote that SQL statement. 
And so then he naturally calls my boss and was like, you need to tell that young punk that works for you to watch himself. Holy cow, Marilyn. That was my bad. I probably should not have directly insulted this person's code in an email to him. Um, But that was a great learning experience. Uh, Another good learning experience that that I've come across over the years is if I get an email that gets me very upset, I will not respond to it right away. I will walk away from it Mm -hmm. and I will come back no less than 30 minutes later to consider how or if I wish to respond because I've made that mistake too. Yeah, I agree. Like, or writing it and just deleting it and not sending that version. Or I think sometimes if if emails are getting heated, like going to an in-person or like a phone call can really help like kind of calm the situation down because I just don't, like, I don't think all the misunderstanding or the interpretations there if you're just talking to someone. Yeah, I do the calling a lot of like salespeople because like you can get, I mean, salespeople get real passionate. I mean, anybody does, right? But you can get lost in an email and they'll just keep firing back. Yeah, it just kind of like so, builds on itself. And so, and I'm just responding like, hey, like not thinking anything of it. And then we get like 15 emails deep and my boss is like, oh gosh, like now they're copying, like they've copied my boss in and stuff like that. And so I'll just call them and be like, hey, Clearly we have a miscommunication. What's going on? Yeah, like, the CC the boss. That's a classic. It is a classic. Yeah. We, we- I love I love the boss CC. When somebody CCs my boss on an email to me, historically when I had a boss, you know. Uh I I always thought that was hilarious. I'd be like, all right, it's on. Let's go. Like, <laughs> I don't care. I took it as a challenge. Like, all right, let's see whose boss says something first. But yeah, I'll, um, but now, you know, it's funny is like, I don't, um, when I feel like I'm getting to the point of like an email where I think that like, they're going to say something to my boss. Now I just forward it to him. It's like, Hey, FYI, you're probably going to get a call about this (laughs) or something. You know what I mean? So that way he's not like just copied on a random email. Um, I don't want to like make it sound like I get in trouble all the time with like sending horrible emails, but you know, like if you tell a salesperson no on something, they're probably not going to be happy about it. So so yeah, I, I guess I use email to that advantage of like, hey, just forewarning you, I pissed somebody off. They might call you or they might copy you on the next email. Right. Here's the full context. Yeah, it's, I feel like it can be very easy to get agitated over email. And then, yeah, when you get into that, like reply, 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 it's like stack, stack, stack. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's just maybe talk to each other sort this out in about three minutes instead of spending the rest of the afternoon like firing snippy emails back and forth. Well, it's easy to get lost yeah. in that. And it doesn't even have to be like snippy. Like I've seen like productive or like nice emails, but it's still like this should have been a conversation. Like it didn't need to, yeah. like you're not, it's just too complex of a topic or there's too many people on the thread to really come to a decision or like figure this out through email. Like it needed to be a meeting. Yeah. Yeah, but I will say there also are a lot of meetings that could have just been an email. And I've been doing that practice of like looking through all my, like on Monday, I looked through all my meetings for that week and I'm like, can I solve this problem by just sending an email, like summarizing what I was going to bring up? And I've actually done it. And I've had a lot of people be like, oh, thank, thank you for saving me from a meeting because like I've absorbed your email and we're good. Wow. Nice. You know, so, so I think that we also have to use like email to its advantage versus like forcing people to jump on a team's call for five minutes when you could have just summarized it all in an email. So I think there are benefits yeah. to it, but it's definitely 
it's, it's a practice thing. It's not like something you just know. That's a good point. Yeah. Like deciding to you like figuring out what the best tool is for the situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Email's not entirely useless. Sometimes it has value. It just gets abused a lot. We didn't even talk about like marketing automation and how they know what you're going to buy before you buy it. That's a new one come up. Oh, that's true. Like Target knows you're pregnant before anybody else does because of what you're browsing on their site. And then you start getting baby emails. They've fixed that though. They don't. (laughs) They they generalize the data now. No, I know that has happened. Yeah. They still know, Liz. (laughs) They just don't send you the coupons anymore. Right, right. (laughs) They got in a lot of trouble for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think because a teenager didn't happen to a teenager. Yeah. She was like in high school or whatever. And like she knew, but her parents didn't know. And so they got mad. Like, why are you sending my six year old daughter? pregnant like baby coupons and they knew because she obviously had probably been googling it or whatever yeah 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 so again like I think that's also I don't know a part of email that we didn't even discuss but next time (laughs) email is tracking you all over the internet it's watching you yeah but now that I mentioned target I'm probably going to get a bunch of target ads on my phone so most likely. You're just always watching, always listening. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Mm. My final thought is generally email is terrible. <laughs> Send me a chat. Unless it's, you know, long form five paragraph essay, in which case I think email is the appropriate medium. I'm not going to read it. I'll respond with TLDR. <laughs> I I think that that's, no, but Merlin, you bring up a good point, right? It's like knowing how your audience is going to receive the information is the way you should send it. Like if somebody knows that like their email is going to be too long, pick up the phone and call me because I'll listen to you more than I'm not going to read a five page essay in an email. If it's more than like a few sentences, I don't read the email. I'm going to test this now and I'm going to start sending you emails that are super long, but all the useful information is at the end or buried in the middle just to see. Well, now that I know that you're going to do that, I'll read the email. (laughs) Now that I know that you know that. This is like friends, like, you know, that we know that they know. So now it's just going to be a frivolous waste of your time. (laughs) You have all the time in the world. I know that. Right. Well, on that note, (laughs) thanks for watching. Thank you for listening to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast. For additional content and previous episodes, check out our website at dynamicshotdish.com, follow us on Twitter at Dynamics Hot Dish, and subscribe to our podcast for notifications. Thanks. See you next time.